Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, and good morning, good Saturday. What a beautiful day in the neighborhood. This is KMOX. It's the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Three hours today, three hours, count them. One, two, three, uno, dos, tres. You bet right there, all three here on the 50,000 Blowtorch of KMOX. I'm so pleased to be here. I love good weather. I could do without the really hot stuff. Maybe you could too, but we can talk about that and how it drives or doesn't drive your air conditioning system. Oh, yeah. Remember, let's go back six months from now. Six months, so yeah. Uh, January. Yeah, January 8th. It was not warm. Comfortable, friendly, happy. And your house was dealing with the extremes. I mean, where else in the world do building materials that we stack up into a home or an office building or structures or government centers, whatever it is, have to deal with temperature swings of 120 degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah, they have to deal with negative 10 Fahrenheit up to 100, 110 degrees some days on the hottest days. Well, building technology doesn't know what to do because those are both extremes. Those are the very hot, tropical, high humidity, what we in St. Louis call close. And then also it's the very coldest temperatures where the ground freezes and stays frozen for some time. Well, well, I'm off and running already. My name is Scott Mosby. I own and operate Mosby Building Arts. This is our 70th year, 7-0. I'm a second-generation builder, carpenter, general contractor, a licensed architect company. Now we are yours. And I've spent my life building this company to be the best remodeling company that I know how to put together. And in that light, uh, we're going to talk about that right here on KMOX. All the things that I learn that I have made mistakes with and that I now know through my studies of building science and my perpetual drive to find out why isn't this stuff working? Why does it happen? What are these adverse effects of all these wonderful new technologies why are we having problems actually in the home of people trying to do their very best in terms of, you know, getting remodeling, construction, new homes, all that stuff? How do we wind up with bad indoor air quality when the house is two years old? Well, yeah. Uh, how do we get condensation, sweating, water on the walls in the middle of the summer when it's not raining? Things like that. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900 is how we get together this uh, week. We talk this time on this Saturday station. Uh, Mike Miller came in. We had the uh, Garden Hotline 8 to 10. And then we just got uh, finished with Adam Bold and Investing Sense. We've got three hours that takes us up to the Cardinal baseball game. 314-436-7900. I know you've got some plans for entertaining. I know you've got people coming over despite just being after the 4th of July holiday time. 314-436-7900. Toll free 800-925-1120. Uh, back to the Mosby Building Arts, my nor normal day job, if you will. What I learned and what my father discovered, he started the design build process, meaning that he understood the value of getting both teams together with the design and the production team. That's how the... Uh, the ultimate end user, the owner of the home, 
winds up with the best project. Uh, back to Frank Lloyd Wright, Bauhaus, B-A-U-H-A-U-S. That was a concept where Frank Lloyd Wright took all of those architectural students, builders, and whatever. He threw them all in one room and he said, I don't care what you call yourselves. You come out with the best building you know how. And he actually had the architects building the structures so they could learn 3D what it was like. Well, that's kind of where we are today. But most design-build companies typically just have um, draftsmen doing the design or untrained, uncertified. So uh, where we have taken it is truly certified, trained specialists in each of those, as well as down to we actually perform our own work. So we have carpenters, painters, drywall finishers, um, superintendent, all the stuff that it takes to do a residential construction project. With that... I've seen almost all of it. Um, residentially, where it gets to homes, uh, we do 20-story um, uh, condo buildings, condominiums, uh, where we have to understand the building's system and that one unit, that condominium, that part of the building has its own system and how those two play together uh, from fire control to circulation, heating and cooling, pipes, drains, plumbing, all of that stuff down to a single family home and even smaller repairs. So I, I, think of me as pre-disastered. I've already learned and made your mistakes for you. In that 50,000 watts, I can't believe... Camwex turns a carpenter loose with 50,000 watts. Bosco back here, my little gerbil turning out the energy. But I'll give you my very best. I promise that I will give you my very best answer. Uh, if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you I don't know. We have thirty to 50,000 people listening right now. Somebody out there will have an idea or an answer, and we can share that, and I'll noodle through it with you. So my mission today, uh, really, as your host, is to bring my experience to you, whatever questions you have, muster together all of the experience of the listeners, and we'll see if we can come up with the best. So I'm not necessarily going to give you the answer. Pat, boom, here you go. It's here's what's happening around your home and what is affecting that issue. If it's a simple, quick answer, I'll, I'll do that. But frankly, most answers are not simple and quick, and I like to explain why things happen because uh, I'm kind of a why guy. You know, I, I want to know why things happen and why not they can't change. So anyway, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I am so very pleased to be here. Thank you for joining me. And we're going right up until the Cardinal pregame show, the Ameren pregame show, Alex Ferrario, 310, the Cards versus the Mets, right here at home, Bush Stadium, right here on CAMWEX. Stay tuned. Lots of fun things on University of KMOX. Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. We are live and lively, as Mike Miller likes to say, of the Garden Hotline. Let's go to our phone lines. Let's see what we've got cooking here and see who's on. How about Harold? Hey, Harold. Good morning. Welcome to KMOX, my friend. How may I help? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, so a couple of days ago, I discovered in my basement, my carpeting was all wet. Mm -hmm. And directly above that area is my kitchen. And 
So basically, after some inspection, pulling back the carpet, I'm actually able to get into the wall because that happens to be where my electrical panel is. I was able to look back in there, pull out some of the um, insulation, and there's an area of mold growing on the joist, on the floor joist. Okay. So I have looked all around upstairs in the kitchen area to try to figure out where the source of this water is and look from underneath. I've looked from up above and I just can't seem to locate it. So I had, so I filed a claim with my insurance company, American family, um, and they denied my claim saying that it appears that this water has been damaged, has been happening for quite some time based on the extent of the mold growth. Right. It has to be like a, a one-time event kind of a thing. Right. Well, I, I had no idea that this, this was occurring. Um, uh, so then I had um, another company come out, a, a mold remediation company, and they looked at it, and, and basically what they said was is that, that they were going to have to pull out the whole wall there, uh, remediate the mold, and then try to find the source of this leak. Um, another additional problem with this is I'm smelling sewer back there, so it very well could be my drain pipe that's leaking. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your um, thoughts on this. I, I called a uh, couple of restoration companies, and they both have told me that they don't come out and give estimates for this work because they tend to bill insurance companies. And so, it, like, this is this is my, my thoughts, my fears, is that I'm going to start opening stuff up, and then I'm just going to unleash this can of worms. Yeah. So based on your experience, what what would you recommend I course of action I take and and you know, the best way I can do this without just opening my wallet freely to whoever? Well, two things. Uh number one, uh our company does a consultation for just this reason. Basically you go to the doctor to try and figure out what's wrong and what the course of action is. Well, if we can't see what's happening or you don't get a multidiscipline kind of generalist in there, you know, if you're a hammer everything looks like a nail. Uh, you know, if if you're wood everything looks like you're a saw, everything looks like it's wood. So um number one, uh I, I think you're ready for a home inspector or a consultation, somebody to come in and look at all of this stuff to figure that out. Uh, there is a fee typically for that with a home inspector or our consultation. However, the other issue here is, um, you know, the, the mold is um, kind of the result of the moisture. The moisture has to be stopped or else any a correction that you make in the building materials just reoccurs. Uh, sure. Uh, uh, now, did you say your electrical panel is close to this? Yeah, and so, like, that had me seriously concerned, obviously. Um, so I put a what appears to be a stop to this, this drip. Like, it doesn't seem like it's dripping anymore. You can actually see the water dripping off of the floor um, flooring material. Um, just a slow drip, but, you know, obviously over a long period of time that mm -hmm. builds up. Yeah. Um, but I've, um, I'm checking on it like, you know, every few hours I'm going back down there, checking on, I put a towel up there to try to collect this water. You know, it's hard to explain it 
without actually seeing the you know configuration of where everything lies and all that obviously but yeah do you have any um, drain pipes close to this or any uh, big service entrance electrical cables coming in close to where this drip and this power this this towel is uh, do you have anything like what's close by yeah it's it's pretty close i mean it's all kind of in the same area and when i wow. when you say big power lines like that's my electrical main that comes in there well, uh, two things. Uh, number one on the electrical, uh, it, is that an underground service or overhead outside? Do you have wires up above the it's ground? It's underground. It's underground. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, that that eliminates that for the most part. Um, next is, how old is your house? Um, it was about 40, 45. It was built in 72. Uh, plastic drain pipe or is it cast iron? Uh, it's cast iron. Yeah, you 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 may very much be into that um, yeah, because uh, unless you're in the rainstorm and the water's dripping out at, or a day to the front or the back of that, um, it may not be weather-related. If it's not weather-related, it's a source from the house normal operation, which typically yeah. is a sewer pipe. Uh, there are certain circumstances, what's called a weather loop, uh, where your overhead electrical wire comes in and, and Ameren or the electrician put a loop in it so any water coming down the overhead wire drips down and then drips outside the house. It, in the absence of a weather loop like that, you can actually have water following the wires coming into your basement and flooding your electric panel, causing something like this. So Right, right. Um, uh, one more thing. I, from the outside of the house, because I did consider, well, maybe I have a crack in my foundation, mm-hmm. and that's where the water's coming from. Um, but from the outside of the house, when you go around to the, the uh, exterior wall where this is all happening, um, you can actually feel the moisture uh, between the um, between the um, the uh, siding, and you can see that it's way above the the foundation of the house. Okay. So wow. it's clearly coming from somewhere behind that kitchen sink, and I just you know. You know, my fear is is they're going to start just ripping apart my kitchen and everything else, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, now we're getting into tens of thousands of dollars here. Yeah, don't don't start ripping stuff apart. You you need a a visual, experienced opinion of how to go at this, and you need it from somebody that has a wide, varied, experience background. Um, I, I, this is perfect. I, I would invite you for either calling us or an ashy home inspector. They're, they're not necessarily made up to figure out what's wrong with something and what, you know, how to fix it. Um, but they do have, uh, they tend to have a wide range of experience, but either way, okay. before you start tearing something up, man, you, you need to have a plan of attack and that involves somebody with more experience than you. Absolutely. Well, and that's kind of why I called your show because I was, I kind of hit some dead ends this week because a couple of these restoration companies are like, no, we're not even going to come out and look at it unless you are covered by insurance. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, and again, my insurance inspector, they, they've pretty much denied my claim. So, um, yeah. And they should. It's it's not an occurrence. It, it wasn't a, an act of God where, you know, the rainstorm opened up and flooded your house. You know, it. Right. this is a right. recurring, uh, this is a blemish in the construction of your house. Yeah. Okay, so Helitech is, is uh, can I just give you a call on Monday? And We're not Helitech. It's Mosby Building Arts. Um, oh, Mosby Bar- Building Arts. Okay. Right, right, yeah. We uh, we use Helitech for foundation repair, and I endorse and advertise for them. So. Okay, great. Well, I appreciate your, uh, your time and... And uh, thanks for the good show. I listen to it as frequently as I can. And uh, hopefully I can get this uh, 
get this little problem taken care of. Harold, before you're done with this, you're going to be really smart. Uh, when when you draw the card for some weird things happening, hopefully you enjoy this because uh, you you will be part of going through that process of elimination because you have more history on it than anybody who's going to show up cold. So you, you're part of the team. Oh, believe me, I've had plenty of experience in the process of elimination <laughs> with this house. All right. So you're not telling me anything I don't already know, but uh, this is a new one. I've never dealt with mold before. So. Oh, we love that stuff, Harold. Not the mold, but we love figuring stuff out. So you're welcome That's to right. call us. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Bye. Home Improvement, KMOX. Uh, I love this stuff. And, and pardon me, I, I, I like to talk to Harold on the line because I want you to hear how I'm thinking, what the process is. Uh, I'll tell you about what it could be um, because a lot of people learn about water coming through their electric panel. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I opened the show saying this is how I bring value to you is by sharing with you my experience, the, the issues well. Golly, we've been in homes where water was coming in and the electric panel was wet. And the weather loop, all it was was a loop. And and if you want to know what I'm talking about, go outside your home and see where your uh, electric meter, your Ameren meter is or your um, uh, co-op meter is and look up and you'll see the wire coming in. It'll be cabled to the side of your house somewhere. But between that wire and the weather head or the metal pipe or conduit piece, you'll see a big loop that goes down about 16, 18 inches and then back up. That's the weather loop. That is so the water that comes in the service entrance from the utility, big long line, bike wire, usually about the size of your little finger, big wire, comes in that water can, call, you know, if that w- w- wire slopes toward your house, the surface adhesion will keep the water on that wire running toward your house like a small trickle. And if it doesn't drip off that weather head, that water winds up inside your house, inside your wall, inside your electric panel. Um, yeah. So anyway, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's see what's cooking here with Rich. Hey, Rich, good morning. Welcome to KMWX, my friend. How can I help? Yes, um, I have have to replace the tub in my bathroom, mm-hmm. and then I also have to replace the shower in another bathroom. Okay. And I guess I'm looking for what is the most economical and the safest and best way to do it. There are no drips or leaks, so I'm just doing it because of cosmetic reasons and the fact that they're old and crummy. Sure. Am I better off to tear the whole thing out or have someone tear the whole thing out and replace it, or am I better off to use a company like Bath Fitters and just put something over it? What, oh. what is your opinion of that? Oh, Rich, it's a perfect question. You're coming from the right consumer place. Um, how long are you going to be in this house, and how right do you want it to be? Well, we might be in it for five more years before we sell and move into a retirement community. Okay. Well, that's a tough that's a tough number because if you're ten years, um, then you're you're in for the big one, and you pretty much have to tear out the bathroom, uh, the bath fitters, the the paint. You can actually recoat the bathtub. Uh, you can do things like that, or just do a facelift of fixtures. So if you're there, the problem with repainting or a bath fitters or a finish like that is they tend to be fairly soft finishes, um, but they're less they're less expensive than a full bathroom remodel. So you can almost 
judge the number of decades that your bathroom model will last by what you're spending on it. So if you gut the bathroom and you do it the way it is, you're going to get another half century out of it. But if you do a layover or a refinish or a skin system, regardless of what it's made of, uh, then you're not really affecting the infrastructure. You're not looking at wires. You're not looking at pipes. You're not, you know, fixing. You're just putting pretty stuff over the existing whatever. Um, five years, the problem is you start wearing things out in about four or five years. So if you do the simple, um, uh, more economical fix, um, and those are good. They just only last so long. Uh, but at about five years, you start wearing out those finishes. They start looking a little bit rough, whether it's a repainting or, you know, refinishing of the tub or, you know, a uh, surface. So Is it, are the, are the, so, so it's much more costly to replace, tear out and replace than to just refinish. Oh yeah. You're talking about surgery versus a topical ointment. Oh, it's completely different. Um, I mean, one, you're you're getting down to the bones. You're you're looking for trouble. Uh, when you do a surface material, you're consciously deciding not to look for trouble, not to check the plumbing, not to address the electric. You're just putting cool stuff over the top of what you've got. So it, that's where the big cost difference is. Uh, one is a bath remodel, and the other is a surface rejuvenation. Uh, you know, or, or a, a new surface applied, and they both look good when they're done. The problem is they don't both look good after three, four, five, and certainly 10 years. They're very different. Yeah, and Bath Fitters does the farmer. They do the, the layovers. Right, right. And yeah. there are a lot of a lot of good companies that do that. Um, they're very popular, but people don't realize that they're not a bath remodel. They're a skin reapply. Yeah. Know, they're okay. a surface solution, and, and they look good. You know, they're, they are what they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your advice. Okay, Rich. Good luck. I didn't give you an answer there. It's just trying to give you the lay of the land. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. I'm trying to empower you as a consumer to know what you're buying. Um, it's not always as simple as you might think. Um, so we will uh, take a short pause uh, from our sponsors to hear what's cooking here on KMOX as we sneak up to the baseball Cardinals. <laughs> Go Cards. Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, we are so lively. Back together, home improvement, lots of things happening, and we will see what's cooking. How about Carl? Hey, Carl, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How may I help you, sir? Thanks for taking my call, Scott. Really appreciate it. Listen to your show all the time. Thank you. Uh, I got a question, two questions, one about cement board, but we'll get to that later. The most important one is air conditioner. Right on. My son, my son bought a house mm-hmm. that's three stories high. It's got two air conditioners, one in the basement that seems to be fine. The lower level is fine. And there's another air conditioner in the attic. And the attic air conditioner seems to be ducted to the upper story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mold is growing down the walls from all the vents. Yep. And we've had three air conditioning people come out and work on this. The first guy, he said he found that the drain was clogged in the one in, on that air conditioner in the attic. So he said he unplugged that and he put a pound of Freon in. 
Well, I told my son that didn't sound like that was going to fix the problem, which it didn't. So then <clears throat> we had the second guy come out. He said the upstairs air conditioner was totally empty of Freon, so he put nine pounds of Freon in it. Well, that didn't, fix, that didn't fix anything either. So we had the third guy come out. He said he checked the entire air conditioner upstairs and everything was fine. What we needed was a bigger air conditioner. He wanted to go from a two-ton to a three-ton. So I'm thinking, gee, with this thing being in the attic, could it be something with, with uh, duct work? You, you are exactly correct, Carl. Uh, we deal with this all the time. Um, I, I mentioned a consulting visit. Uh, here, here's what's happening. Um, the ductwork, uh, your ductwork gets very cold when the air conditioner is running. It is run up in the attic in a very hot, moist environment with the relative humidity. Good old St. Louis. So the air is loaded with water, um, water vapor. Now you chill off that metal ductwork. Even if you have insulated ductwork, once it finally gets to the metal register boot or the thing that you screw the register on in the ceiling, that piece of metal gets very, very cold. And if any of that warm, moist air touches it, or if you have ductwork inside the walls or up in the attic that gets any of this air touching it, you create condensation, which means water droplets, which means, you you know, water drops down from gravity and it gets inside the walls and you wind up with a, a moist environment, dark, moist. And then once you get away from the air conditioner duct, it gets relatively warm. So it's the perfect petri dish for this mold to grow. You have and the cold, and the warmer it gets, the hotter it gets, the longer that air conditioner runs and the colder that metal gets and the more water it creates through the condensation. This is no different than a cold soda can, cold iced tea glass outside on a day like today. The water droplets occur. They come from nowhere. There's no leak in the glass. There's no leak in the can. You're not short of Freon. Everything's working correctly except your ductwork is not fully insulated and isolated away from that warm, moist air. I guarantee anything cold that go in, goes into a warm, moist environment, uh, for example, iced tea or cold ice water, carry it outside, it will be water droplet condensed on the outside of that glass within 60 seconds. Same thing is happening in your attic. You don't need Freon. AC's working fine. It's not too big, too small. Um, it's all operating correctly, except whoever installed that unit didn't fully insulate and separate that cold metal. Sometimes they'll use flex duct where there's really no metal in it to speak of, so right. it doesn't condense there. But when it comes to the boot, the metal boot where the register actually, that is metal. That's galvanized steel, and that stuff gets real cold. And, and the longer that AC runs, the colder that piece of metal gets. And, and for example, even in the wintertime when there isn't any cold, moist air, if you take a shower in that bathroom, you're going to have the same condensation dripping, dripping droplets coming down the wall. It kind of is what it is. Um, and, and to fix it, it's, uh, you know, open ceiling surgery. We spray foam this stuff. But you're describing, again, why we do some of these con consultations for Mosby because 
you know, you just there's no free, you know, there's no problem with anything other than there's moist air touching a cold surface somewhere, and mm-hmm. the result is the mold. You know, and his ceilings, his ceilings are vaulted; they go right up the way the roof does. Mm, yeah. So I told him, I said, he said, well, where? How do those vents get up there? I said, well, they got ductwork, but it's probably right up against the roof. Right. Right. And if it's and the issue here, this gets really nasty to correct because sometimes we have to lift the ductwork up away from the drywall just to get insulation underneath it to isolate that air from. T- I mean, it, and if you insulate the ductwork and miss one tiny Achilles heel, that thing will drip. Yeah. So, so you, there's no uh-huh. partial fix for this. It's a wholesale uh, re spray foam insulate something that you know you pretty much eliminate human error you just blow this foam over all that duct work and the okay. heating and cooling guys say well it's already insulated from the inside of the well that's completely different this yeah, is and the heating and cooling guy i told him i said hey check that duct work well he said he checked the duct work from the uh return air yeah. Coming up to the air conditioner, he said it's old, but it's not leaking because I thought it might be sucking in hot air, you know. Yeah. But he said that's okay. But it never dawned on me to ask him to check <laughs> the output that's going up through the walls. Well, if they and don't, uh, un- this is the difference between building science and heating and cooling. You know, properly mm-hmm. sizing a unit, assessing uh, problems with the mechanical equipment, getting the equipment installed correct, all of that. This is different. This is the stuff we learned over the last 20, 30 years of, right. build. you know, thinking we could get away with this stuff. There, there's no cheap fix. You, you, take, you, you shortcut it, you're going to pay. Okay, so we need to get somebody to come out, an evaluator or... Yeah, and you're really not going to like the answer. Yeah, I know. It sounds like major surgery. <laughs> it is. And when you're, when for you're something you already paid for. <laughs> right, right. For something you already bought once, you know? It's like, you Absolutely. mean I have to and do this? Yeah. And you're also saying that that uh, even if I put a 10-ton air conditioner in there, nothing's going to change. Only you'll get more condensation because that metal <laughs> will get really cold. <laughs> okay. Uh, second quick question. Uh-huh. Uh, he just bought this house, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's got a widow walk. Okay. Which basically means you're walking on a roof. Yeah. Well, and he's got cement board siding. Okay. Okay. Well, he had a leak coming through an electrical outlet. Okay. So I went over there and I checked it out and they had caulk oh, around man. the edges of the cemented siding running all the way down to this roof. But I noticed when there's a thunderstorm, there's an inch of water standing on that roof. Yeah. So I looked at the caulking, and the caulking was split. Ouch. So I started digging the caulking out with, with a uh, screwdriver. Yeah. And the further in I got... The wetter it got. No, it, it actually, I dried it out with a hairdryer. Well, but yeah. When I got in there, the cement board had turned into cement. It looked like dry powder cement. Yeah. Does that happen to cement board when it's just sitting in water all the time? Oh, you bet. You bet that, you know, absolute. I mean, you submerge cement, um, Mother Nature will eventually win. And it's not really cement. It's kind of a composite material with some cement in it, aggregate in it. Um, that that widow's walk roof, Carl, needed, it's a flat roof, needed to go yep. way up that wall. Maybe, you know, not because of rain, but we get snow and ice that are, you know, 12 to 18 inches thick. You know, you're there. Um, yeah, so we should add some heavy... Uh, uh, flashing 
oh, yeah. going all along that wall, right? Yeah, and it has to be one piece. The roof membrane has to lap up on those sides, 12 inches minimum. Uh, okay. This is a, a pool. This is not a roof. Uh, so, yeah, welcome welcome to my world. This, this is why we're always deemed as, boy, those guys are crazy. They're telling me it's a lot. It's like, well, you, you can keep playing around with this, but sooner or later you're going to have to fix it, really fix it. Scott, I really appreciate Oh, when you're putting Hardy's uh, uh, siding in or anything, do they make anything that you put on the ends? Oh, you bet. It? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the, Yeah, sure it does. Okay. That's why I think also it wasn't done, you know. Well, that's Everybody a difference. Everybody rely, be- relies on cock, cock nowadays, and I said, gee, they didn't have cock 100 years ago, and it worked fine. There you go. Beat it to fit, paint it to match. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate all your help. All right, Carl. Thanks for the call. Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, folks, uh, we're talking about a lot of things that uh, have to do with siding and exterior. We've got a free exterior design seminar coming up on Saturday, July 22nd, uh, and that will be uh, Saturday, July 22nd. You can sign up on the callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. That's an exterior design seminar. What it's about is, is materials, colors, selections, how to pick a color when you're following up on brick or roofing, uh, really assessing the appearance of the home as well as the performance of it. Uh, so you can check out more or call Mosby at 909-1800. Uh, let's see what's cooking here and talk to Gene. Gene, good morning. Welcome to CamWex. How can we help? I've only got about a minute. How can I help? Okay, real quickly, Scott, uh, 30-year-old house, I've got two-story colonial with an attached two-car garage, vinyl sided. I've been using in the past cold water through a pressure washer with product from one of the big box stores. I've got heavy soil and possibly some gray spots on it. It might be milled moldy, what have you, from agricultural operations. Yep. What's the best way to get rid of this stuff? I've heard somebody say steam clean it. Uh, I have not used bleach yet, and I've been using a good telescoping wand on the pressure washer to keep me on the ground. Okay, uh, Gene, uh, you're going to have to scrub this stuff down because there's an actual residue there. You'll have to bleach it and then scrub that as well, but the bleach will remove the black color. Uh, Anything short of bleach will be ineffective, and that's really what does it. You're going to have to do it every two or three years. Sorry for the short time. 